whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, another scripture says, shall be delivered. There's delivering power and there's saving power in the church today. Because of the name, not because of my name, but because a name that is higher than every name. The Bible said, at the name of Jesus, every knee, every knee, you can either do it now or later, but every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Does anybody believe that today? Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. Oh, I love his name. What I will preach to you today is as simple as anything I've ever preached. Did not know who was going to be in this congregation today. Never do. But I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to have my grandson with me today. My other grandson. I have one with me all the time. But my other, Drew, all the way from Texas, he drove over here Friday evening. And me and him and Bryce and Jeff, y'all forgive us, went to LSU yesterday and watched them beat the Titans. We had a blast. Don't get to have him in church with me very often, but I'm glad he's here. I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to us, somebody say unto us. He said unto us which are saved. It is the power of God. Are you glad for the cross today? I hadn't preached this way in a long time, but I'm just going to talk to you about the cross today. Preachers, you just sit down, I don't care, you've been standing. Preachers often feel so pressured to entertain people. We feel like sometimes, well, what can I say new? What can I say that I haven't said before? What can I do so they'll stay with me today? And Well, I want to tell you, this is not going to be one of those kind of sermons. Matter of a fact, I don't even want this to be a sermon today. I want it to be a word from the Lord for you today. Because in all of our preaching, we can preach about modern times, we can preach about end times, we can preach about examples from the scriptures, we can preach all the things that, that but if you quit preaching about the cross, We've lost the bottom line of where we came from and why we're here. Because you see, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. And when I was praying this morning, that song keeps kept going over in my mind. And I love this line. It says, it was the emblem of suffering and shame. How I love that old cross were the dearest and blessed for a world of lost sinners was slain. I don't know about you this morning, but before I endeavor to say anything else to you, I just want to sing that song. You don't have to stand. If you, 
you just right where you are, but just sing it with me as a congregation. Help me out, Earlene. You've been doing it for a long time. Help me this morning. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. Sing it. Yes. And exchange it someday for a crown. I will to some folks, to those who don't understand, to those who perish, but to we who sit in this building on this Sunday morning knowing and understanding the power of God, we understand what the cross is all about. You have to go back to the beginning of time and understand that mankind was made in the likeness and the image of God. He was placed in a garden He was in times of innocence. He did not know the difference from right and wrong. He did not understand that there was good and bad. It was the day of innocence when a man in the garden called Adam and his his wife Eve, whom God made from a rib from his side, put him to sleep, took a rib and made Eve. And then he gave them dominance and precedence and power in the garden. They could name the animals. They could do whatever they wanted to do. They were living in innocence until a serpent showed up. And when the serpent showed up and beguiled Eve and she and Adam took of the fruit of the knowledge of good and of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it was then that their eyes were open and the scripture says that they were naked. They understood that they 
weren't what they should be. And they hid themselves in the garden. And finally, here comes the Lord and the voice of God speaking in the garden, saying, Adam, where art thou? Eve, where art thou? Could I pause long enough to tell you that he knew where they were? He was not looking for a physical location. He knows all things. He knows where you were yesterday. He knows where you'll be tomorrow. He knows the going and coming of all mankind. The scripture says that he sits upon the circle of the earth. There is nothing that escapes the eye of God. Nothing. He knows your heart. He knows your mind. He knows where you are. He knows where you've been. You can hide from the preacher and you can hide from your wife or your, your, your husband. You can hide from your family. You can hide from your work comrades and cohorts, but you can't hide from God because God knows everything. He knew exactly where they were when he said, Adam, where art thou? Nevertheless, Adam and Eve were, were brought before the presence of God. And let me tell you that they were expelled from the garden because of their sin. And flaming swords by angels were placed at the garden where they could not enter in again. It was called the fall. If you go study history and study Bible theology, they call it the fall of mankind. So the fall, the fall affected us all. It was David that picked up the pen or said in the Psalms, he said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. It's the Lord's writings that said, we have all sinned. Somebody in this room say this with me. We have all sinned. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Don't think you're anything special because you are just a sinner saved by the grace and the mercy of the Almighty God. You are not here because of your merit. You are here because He loved you when you were unlovable. He had mercy on you in your sin and in your degradation. Could I tell you that that day in the Garden of of Eden, when Adam and Eve took the fall, when they did that, they introduced into the world, they introduced pain, and they introduced funeral homes, and they introduced death and they introduced hospital stays and they inter- they introduced some things because the Bible said death came by sin. Death is here because of sin. We didn't get death because man was just supposed to die. I will tell you that according to the scripture, death came here by sin. And because That happened. The Bible said it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this the judgment. So we understand death. But do you know that it came here because of the fall? Now I want you to understand that for 4,000 years men lived with the the sin and the degradation and, and, and the problems that Adam and Eve introduced to mankind in the garden. You may not like this. I know you don't, but here we go. We're all kin. I'm glad I don't look like you. You're glad you don't look like me, but we're all kin. I don't care what bloodline you are, what color you are, we're all kin. 
It all goes back to Adam and Eve. Come on, somebody. We're all kin, and so get over it. Amen. Let me, let me, let me talk to you for just a few minutes this morning. Because what Adam and Eve did, they introduced into the bloodline of everybody in this room today sin. You can't get away from it. You were born with a sinful nature. You were born with a car, as a carnal man. The, that's why Jesus came along. That's why Calvary happened. That's why he said in John 3, 5, except a man is born again. you got to go back and get reborn. The first time you're born, you're born to be lost. But the second time you're born, you're born to serve him. Hallelujah. I've come to preach to you today. There would not be a reborn experience if Jesus hadn't taken care of it. And I'm going to tell you how because 4,000 years into time God looked upon mankind. You know, the scripture in Revelation said that that the son was slain from the foundation of the world. Now, I understand that scripture, and I hope you do. In the mind of God, Jesus wasn't in the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ was born at Bethlehem's manger. Jesus was the son of Mary, but he was also the son of God. Jesus was that incarnate Christ. He was Christ. He was God manifest in the flesh. He was not another God. He was was God leaving the ivory palaces of glory and robing himself in flesh, overcoming the world. Hallelujah. And that's why I've come to preach to you today. God saw the mess and God saw the sin and God saw the problems and God saw all that we're dealing with in 2020 or 19, about to be 2020. And I'm preaching to you on this Sunday morning that is the reason for the cross. Because the cross is the pivotal point of all humanity. It's the statue of liberty for the church. It's what we place our hand over our heart for and say, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you for Calvary's heel. Thank you for Golgotha. Because everything from Adam to the cross looked toward it. But everything from the cross to right now looks back at it. Hallelujah. And everything culminates in the power of the cross. Somebody help me preach here this morning. I'd do a whole lot better when I got help, but I can't do it without you. Amen. You'd just make it a little shorter if you get involved. Hallelujah. You see, here's... What people don't understand, I stood a few months ago now. Some of you were with me. They took us to the hill called Golgotha. The scripture calls it the place of the skull. If you've ever been there, you'll see why. It's in, in those rocks carved out. And a part of it broke off just a short time ago because of weather. But in the side of that mountain, it literally looks like a skull. You could stand and view the place of the skull. And I stood there and I looked at a hill where Jesus Christ gave his life for the sins of all mankind. Let me, let me tell you, there's, there's nothing like that feeling. I pulled up my pictures of it again this morning and looked at it. The place of the skull, the place where he who never committed a sin 
became sin for all mankind. The place where he didn't have to go, but he did it because he loved you and I. He didn't just love you and I. He loves the whole world. He loves every drunkard. He loves every prostitute. He loves every drug addict. He loves every liar. He loves every man, every color, every race, every nation. He loves. He just loves. He loves beyond compare. And so he said, I cannot let them die. You know, if you go, I wish I had time to preach it all to you this morning. But if you go back to the Old Testament, you'll find where, where that the priest had to go in. The priest, you had to take your sins and go to the priest. And the priest had to go in and offer sacrifice to you for you. They did sacrifice on a daily basis. But once a year, the high priest would take and go into the Holy of Holies. And there he would offer sacrifice and incense unto God. Let me preach to you on this Sunday morning. God saw all that. He said, I'm going to make it where you don't have to do that anymore. I'm going to become the sacrifice. I'm going to become the lamb slain for the foundation of the world. I'm going to put on a body. I'm going to die on a, on a tree. I'm going to be hung between heaven and earth. But when I get through, hallelujah, every drunkard can find his way to God. Every man, woman, boy, and girl can find their way to the cross. And the dripping blood of the cross will wash you and cleanse you and make you whole. Though your sins be as scarlet, they can become as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they can become... I'm preaching, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. I'm telling you today, the power of the cross will save you when nothing else will. I came to Jesus, weary, worn, and sad, but He took my sins away. He took my sins away. Is there anybody glad for the cross today? Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking, it's not a pretty scene. It wasn't something that you want to see. It's not something that you, you want to, you want to even think about. But when you think about the cross, it was more than just another body. It was more than just another man. It was the eternal God of glory that put on flesh and that flesh died. Now, I don't walk out of here today saying that I'm telling you that God died. God never died. He never will die. He is eternal. The Son is begotten. That means He had a beginning. But the God that I serve is eternal. He was before time. He will be after time. He knows all things. And when that Spirit overshadowed Mary and she became pregnant and gave birth to a child in Bethlehem's manger, it was the Son of God. Y'all don't want me to preach this morning. I got, I got it bubbling down in here today. Because you see, what happened was that God just wrapped himself up in that little baby in a manger was God. You know how I know that? Because his daddy was a spirit and his mama was flesh. He was both God and man. As God, he walked on water. As God, he broke the loaves and the fishes and fed 5,000. As God, he healed leprosy. As God, as God, he raised up Lazarus from the dead. As God, he did the miracles of the New Testament. No man can do that. God has to do that. But let me tell you, 
as God. He did those things. But as man, he hungered and he slept and he wept and he ate and he did everything that mankind does. So that little body that was born in Bethlehem's manger began to grow. And 33 and a half years later, 33 and a half years is all. We got any 33-year-olds in this building today? Who? Who's 33? Ah, come on, confess. Nobody's 33, my God. Who's 30? Who's 30? Who's below 30? You hope page 30? He was 30 your age when he started preaching. And when he started ministering, and for three and a half years he walked this earth, and he'd done everything that you read about in the New Testament, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. But let me tell you, that three and a half years culminated on a cross, because they come to get him, and they took him. They put spikes through his hands. They put spikes through his feet. They put a sword in his side. They put a crown of thorns on his head. The blood ran down his back, where he was whipped with a cat nine tails and for 39 stripes he received oh for the healing of everybody that's ever had cancer that's ever had heart disease that's ever had sugar diabetes that's ever had any problem your stripe the stripes of calvary are your stripes today because he did that so that you could be healed of your infirmity my god when he finally went to the top of that hill and he hung suspended between heaven and earth, he hung his head and said, it is finished. Powerful three words. It is finished. What's finished? My work on this earth. My buying and paying for mankind. Did not Paul write? We are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's what got us here. The precious blood that dripped at Calvary's cross. And when he said it's finished, now let me watch, watch me right here, okay? Everybody stay with me. First of all, just before he said it's finished, remember this. Remember when he said, my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? That was the saying that was on the cross. Remember that? Why would God forsake Jesus? You know, Jesus Christ Superstar, years ago, they came out with this song. You know, where one God left the God, the Father left the Son and left his boy dying on the cross, blah, blah, blah. Well, let me tell you what really happened, okay? When that body, when Jesus was praying and he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The eternal God of glory took his flight out of that body so that body could die. And that body did die. And they took him down off that cross and they put him in a tomb. And they sealed it up. And they put Roman soldiers on guard. But three days later, three days later, three days later, the tomb was rolled away. Because, watch this now, the Spirit, God, who left that body, came back into that body, Brother Robert. And when that body was was moved upon again by the Spirit of God, that body got up out of that grave. And that body walked out of that tomb. Hallelujah. 
that body. That's why Paul in Romans chapter 8 said, If the same Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead, if it dwell in you, it shall quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah. The power of resurrection is in the eternal God, the Spirit. Hallelujah. I preach it to you on a Sunday morning that thank God for the cross of Calvary because the cross is my liberty. Hallelujah. It's my resurrection power. It's where I'm going to get up out of the grave because He got up, I'm getting up. I don't know what you came to hear today. This is about as simple as it gets. But the facts are, I wouldn't be here, you wouldn't be here, the church wouldn't be here without the cross. Because he said, I'm going to take the sin of the world. He became, the Bible said, he became sin for us. He became our sin. Everything you've ever done, Jesus paid the price for it. He took your stripes. He took your thorns. He took the whip on the back. He took it all for you. Hallelujah. 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 So, that took us to the cross. And then after the cross, Paul comes along. And he said, I know it's foolishness to people who perish. But to those who are saved, the preaching of the cross is the power of God. The power of God. He talked about in Hebrews, if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer... Sprinkling to the unclean purifies the flesh. How much more shall... That's another sermon, the blood of Jesus. But how much more shall the blood of Jesus do it? There would be no blood. There would be no power. There would be no anointing. There would be no Holy Ghost. There would be nothing without the cross. I'm here to preach to you today that the cross still works. It's still powerful. It'll save you. It is a place where every man, woman, boy, and girl can go and be washed in blood. It's a place where you can take all your needs and all your hurt and all your pain and just go to the cross. Because on a hill far away where there was an old rugged cross, there still is a cross. And let me tell you, when you kneel at the foot of the cross, things are about to change in your life. He made a, he made a way for you to be born of water and born of spirit by the means of the cross. Because you see, in his, in his death, in his death is the death of our sin. We talk about repentance, we die in repentance. We talk about baptism, we are baptized in his name and we arise to walk in the newness of life. Is that not what happened at the cross? The cross is the is the foundation of the gospel. It's the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The cross is where we all come from. I don't care where you came from this morning. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what denomination you are. If you can't follow it back to the cross, it's not any good. But if you can go to the cross, if you can kneel at the cross, if you can repent at the cross, and let blood cover you, the cross will become powerful in your life life. Hallelujah. I hurry to a close today. I can't tell you how many people that I've seen in my time go to that cross and walk away different. Nothing affects me like the cross. 
It's a landmark in my life. I don't want to go there just one time. I, I go back to that cross. I told the Lord this morning and very early in my office, Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you, Lord, that you took my sins and you became my sacrifice. For sin, there has to be sacrifice. Today, you didn't have to bring a bull or a goat or a dove. or You didn't have to bring a heifer. You didn't have to bring that to church and us offer it on the altar of sacrifice for your sin. In the Old Testament, that's what they did. The Old Testament, that's how they, that's how they moved. But Jesus said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make access for every man to come to this cross. Let me tell you what happened. Watch this. And I, I hurried today. When Jesus died, when he said it is finished, I wish I could paint you this picture. But in Jerusalem, in the temple, the scripture said that the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. An unseen hand, Brother Dalton came in and just took that veil and ripped it from top to bottom. You know what he you know what he was saying? You know what that symbolized? You know what that tells me? That I don't have to go to a priest today. I don't have to go to somebody else. I have access to him. I can get right where he's at today. I can go right to the throne today. I can I can take care of my own business with God today. He said, I'm going to tear this veil because you, you know what? You don't have to go to a preacher anymore. You don't have to go to a priest anymore. You just come straight to the throne of God. And so this morning, I'm here to tell you, you have access to the throne of God. You can go behind the veil this morning. And you can feel the presence of God. And you can get forgiveness of your sin. I don't have to do it. I can't do it for you. That's why the Bible said, every man ought to save himself from an untoward generation. you got the right you can do that. Would you realize the power of Calvary? Would you realize the power of that cross that stands on Golgotha's hill? There were two other crosses there. Two other crosses. But they didn't have the power of this cross. Because then on this cross hung a man like no man. A man without sin. A man that took the weight of the world. And walked up Golgotha's hill. Until finally he literally failed beneath the load. They called Simon of Serene to carry his cross. They laid him on that cross. I want you to hear me well. They did not take his life. He laid down his life. You know why? Because he loved me. And he loved you. And he became our sacrifice. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Yes, he does.
right quick. I've not preached any kind of masterpiece. I don't even know how to do that. Listen to me. If you're in this room today and you've been under heavy load, heavy burden, you're struggling with issues in your life, maybe you've been away from God, maybe you've committed things that you don't have to tell me. Listen, this is not confession time. You don't have to tell me. But if you believe what I've preached today and you believe in the power of the cross, I'm inviting you to walk down this aisle and stand here before this room and lift your hands to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I need the power of that cross in my life. Repent of your sins today. He will forgive you. And then he will baptize you with his Holy Spirit today. So while we sing, I invite you. I know there's some that want to pray. Oh, how he loves you and me. He loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Come on, bring it to the cross today. Bring it to the cross today. Yes. Come close. Come close. Bless you, ma'am. Come close right here. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves me and me. There's others. There's others. Bless you, sir. Oh, just, just stand here this morning and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins this morning. And then put your hands up when you have truly repented and worship him this morning. God will bless you and baptize you with his spirit this morning. He gave his life. What for? I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. God is doing a work. Don't linger. Don't linger. Come close. Everybody come close. Would you just step out from where you are, all of you? All of you, and come forward this morning. Everybody.